Good morning. Good morning. It's good to have this number out with us for our first half of our worship service. And if you have your Bibles, be opening up with me to John chapter 13. We uh, will see a, a wonderful example of Jesus and his uh, disciples, soon to be apostles. He makes a he does he does a, a a blessing act for them. I'll say that to to do this act was a uh, was a, of a high standard. Someone getting this act done for them that Jesus does for his disciples. He gets a little bit of kickback from one individual who tends to open his mouth up and insert his foot. That's right, Brother Mark. Oh, Peter, he, he, he gets himself corrected here. But as we've opened up to John chapter 13, we're going to start reading in the first verse. <clears throat> now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel which he had girded, and he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, why are you washing my feet? <clears throat> Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If, you do not, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who he would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down, he said to them, Do you not know that I you do do you oh, let me get it right? <clears throat> do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher. And Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you so example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's stop right there in the 17th verse. All right. We know who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus had a little bit of authority while he was here upon this earth. Not just a little bit, he had all of it. As, he, as we learn in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, we realize who Jesus is. And how much power he has here in this world. Of course, at, at, in the context of our lesson. And here is this man, being the son of God, picks himself up from supper, lays aside his garments, girded himself with a towel, and begins to wash his disciples' feet. 
Now, again, this is an honor for the disciples. But this is one of the lowest servants' duties to do. Right? This is, this is a, a servant's servant, if you will. That's why Peter rebukes him. But we're, we're going to get there. But he knows what's said. And Jesus knew his hour had come. That he was going to depart to the Father. Well, notice in what verse 3 says as well. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going to God. This echoes through time for you and I. Where Christ could foresee the outcome of his life, and he could see his resurrection, and he could see his ascension back up into heaven, going back to God. The reason why I say it echoes through time for us because of John 5, 1 John 5, 13. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe who he is? Now that belief is an action. Much like Jesus washing the disciples' feet was an action, our belief is an action. You might say, how can belief be an action? Blessed are you when you do the things Christ tells you to do. Like that man who builds his house upon the rock. Not the, not the man who hears what Jesus tells him to do and doesn't do them. Like the man building his house upon the sand. And great was the fall of that house when the winds and the, the, the winds come and blew and, the, and blew that house completely down. It was, it was a great fall, right? <clears throat> do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe in the name of the Son of Jesus? Is what 1 John 5, 13 is asking. You who believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ can know that you have everlasting life waiting for you. Jesus knew he was going to heaven. <laughs> Do you know that you're going to heaven? According to God's word. Not, well, I think, well, I guess, I hope you can know. You might say that's a bold statement. It is a bold statement. Much like Peter whenever he said, he will never wash my feet. That was a bold statement. Because the reason why Peter said that. Peter had respect for Jesus. He understood who he was. He couldn't see this man who could do great many things to stoop down to a servant, a servant's servant, and wash someone's feet, let alone Peter's feet. Well, like I said, we're going to get there. Because Jesus knew <clears throat> he was going back to God. Folks, we can know the outcome. I know it's difficult to say, <clears throat> but we can know that we got salvation waiting for us. We can know. You know that your life, I can't speak for you. You can't speak for me. <clears throat> Are you believing in the name of the Son of Jesus? Excuse me, believe, believing in the name of the Son of God, that is Jesus Christ. Are you living out your life as the examples that Christ left back for you to live? That's how you know. That's how you know that you got eternal life waiting for you. We had a good discussion this morning about the uh, in, in Bible class about the Holy Spirit helping the apostles to teach the word in its entirety. And the purpose of that was, is, was to be able to teach it in its entirety without uh, error, without deceit, as so much is happening today. 
when we look at God's Word and we take it in its entirety, not picking and choosing, not willy and nilly, this is, I like this verse, and I don't like that verse, I'm not going to hear that. That's not what this Sabean said. This is one complete teaching. When we use it in its, in its entirety, that's, and we put it into action into our life, that's how we know that we are believing in the name of Jesus. And when we do that, we know that we got salvation waiting for us. Just so much as Jesus knew that he was going back to God. Because what had he done? Had he faulted? Had he sinned? Had he been negligent in his duties from God? No. He fulfilled his ministry while he was here upon this earth. And as he's sitting down at the supper and at the close of it, he knew that his life was almost ended here upon this earth. So therefore, so he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And in verse 6, Peter says this, Lord, are you washing my feet? Lord, are, are you? Why, why are you? You're washing my feet? In a roundabout way, this says, you don't need to wash my feet. I need to wash your feet. It's not what he's saying. It's what he meant. He means this. You are my teacher. You are a man of God. You can do these many wonderful powers. Why are you lowering yourself to wash someone's feet? We do realize that Jesus came to this earth not to be served, but to be a servant. Think about that. The Son of God. The Son of God becoming a servant. That's exactly what He's doing here in this example in our teaching this morning. And Jesus says this, what I am doing in verse 7, you do not understand now. Jesus says this because he knew they weren't going to understand the purpose of what he's. Of course, he reveals it unto them. And they, did, they didn't fully understand the reason why Jesus was washing their feet. What I'm doing now, you're not going to understand. You're not going to understand, but, but you will later. But you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Again, a bold statement, right? Here's G Jesus performing a, a, a task for someone. Of course, it's a lower than low servant's duty. Peter says, no. No, you're not going to wash my feet. You will never wash my feet. And what he was trying to tell to Jesus is, you are better than that. Oh, no, Peter. Again, open mouth, insert sandal. And Jesus says this. If you do, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. You see the simile that Jesus is making here? If you don't allow me to wash your feet, if you don't allow me to wash you, you will have no part with me. And I know very well. There is some teaching out there that does not include immersion. 
baptism for the remission of sins. Well, that doesn't say baptism. It does not. It's implying it. This is Jesus' example of washing your sins away. We sing a wonderful song. I refer to it often. What can wash my sins away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You might say that has nothing to do with blood. Jesus makes no mention of blood. Again, picking and choosing, remove. Don't just do that. Don't just pick and choose one verse. Use the entirety of Jesus' teachings. Use the entirety of the New Testament's teachings. How is one's sins remitted? Immersion, period. Baptism. Again, this, it doesn't make mention of baptism. It doesn't make mention of, 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 of immersion. It does not. But Galatians 3.27 does. Romans chapter 6 does. And many other examples that I haven't stuck in my mind yet does. So then Peter uh, miscommunicates to himself. He, he, he doesn't understand what Jesus is saying here. And he says, well, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> What's Peter saying? Peter's saying this. Well, if, if, I'm, if, I'm just, if you just wash my feet and, I'll, and I have partaken of it, I want all of you. My hands and my head. Wash all of me, Jesus. Again, he misunderstands what Jesus is trying to teach him. <clears throat> he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean if you are clean. But not all of you. So I, let's, let's stop right there before we get into the not all of you. Here's your question. First one for the morning. Is baptism essential for salvation? Should be a group, yes, right? I've seen the heads, but yes, exactly. Baptism is essential for salvation. You might say, well, wait a minute. What, what, what if water's not available? Water's everywhere. Water's everywhere. And I know there are arguments here, there, and there. What if you can't make it to it and it dies on the way? Well, you know what? He, he's going to die in their sins. I say, we're washed away. It's not for me to judge, but it's the Word telling me what I must do to have partakings with Jesus. I believe Jesus says in John 14, 6, He says, very plain, I am the way, truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through or by me. Whichever one you have, if you have New King James or King James, I believe King James says by. I want to ask you a question. Can you get to God without Jesus? No, you cannot. You might try. I, I know some folks who in their lives actively pray who are not Christians. And I revealed to them not too long ago, says, your sins and your iniquities, they have shut God's ears off to you. Those prayers aren't heard. Because you don't have Jesus to have that, inter that inter interaction or that connection. Sadly, we went in one ear right out the other. But know this. Remember, Jesus is trying to teach His disciples here, if you are washed... By me, you are completely clean. He's using their feet as an example. You might say, well, this right here only says their feet, so all i got to do is have my feet baptized? No. Baptism comes from baptizo, which actually means immersion. So therefore, when one is baptized for the remission of sins, they are completely immersed. 
In our example of Romans chapter 6 as well, we learn of buried with him in baptism. How many of us have a buried? Someone just sprinkle a little dirt on them. Or just bury their feet. That's going to be a rough scene, is it not? No, we bury them. So as Jesus is teaching Peter here, if you're washed of me, you only need, I only need to wash your feet, right? If I wash your feet, you're completely clean because you have partakings with me. Now, that's a big lesson for us today. If we are with Jesus, faithfully with Jesus, we're completely clean. Now, the reason why I say faithfully with Jesus, there's folks out there who pick and choose when they want to serve God, when they want to serve Jesus. Being a Christian is a lifetime servitude. Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday. But it's continual. It's a life-changing choice to become a Christian. And it's such a wonderful choice. We had an example this morning in Bible class. How much better is your life after becoming a child of God? I can remember my life. I can remember that person. Wasn't that great? As I become a follower of Jesus, it's way better. Before, when I ran into when I run into hard times and difficulties, and our example this morning, I had nowhere to go before. I just had to deal with it myself. Might be able to talk to somebody, but still I'm dealing with it, right? After being washed of Jesus. After becoming a child of God, now i got somewhere to go when I go through difficult times and bad things are happening to me or, or difficult things in my life is overcoming. I can go to God. Before I didn't have that option. But now Christians do. Christians have an escape. We have a mighty and strong tower that we can, that who is our refuge, and that's God. Folks of the world don't have that refuge. <clears throat> and in verse 11, for he knew who would betray him. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking about being clean of Jesus. No, because he says not all of you are clean. And he's talking about Judas Iscariot. As we learn back over in verse 2, the devil already put the workings on him. We said, wait, wait a minute. Whoa, wait, wait. You mean the devil was working through Judas Iscariot? I thought he just made the choice to, to, to get paid to betray him. You know, that's, that's all he was doing. <laughs> no, that was the workings of the devil. And then you, you, you dive into it. You, you, really, you really dive into what's happening. And you, and you look back and you remember back Old Testament of when the devil was giving out or was being given out his reward not all rewards are good his reward for allowing sin to come into the world right by changing one little he inserted not did he not you're sure you shall not die to Adam and Eve when God told them you shall surely die and that was safe period plain and simple not necessarily simple but it's plain and spoken so now, whenever God dished out His reward 
of bringing on death to mankind. Actually changing everything. He knew that he was going to be defeated. But Satan didn't really fully understand the Scriptures. He didn't. He did not 100% fully understand the Scriptures. The reason why I say that, Satan would have never allowed Judas to betray Jesus. He'd have never done it. Oh, he wouldn't have. Because that sacrifice on that cross, this, this act that Judas betrayed Jesus and, and he was arrested and, and tried and crucified on that cross. I just stepped right through that. Right, There's some important things that's happening in the plan of God. Wait, what? You mean this is God's plan? Yes, this is God's plan for him being betrayed by one of his own. Because if Satan understood the Scriptures, Satan was defeated on that cross. When remission of sin was available to you and I. When we draw near to God, Satan flees from us. He runs away. Same thing he did when he tempted Jesus. All three classifications that we are tempted. At the end of it, he fled away. He fled. So here we see Jesus giving this example. If you are washed of me, you are clean. But not all of you. In verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. And if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Stop there in verse 15. What are you saying, Jesus? So now everybody's got to go around washing everybody's feet? No, he did that as an example. Right? An example. The Son of God becoming a servant and serving someone else. He's telling the disciples, soon to be apostles, serve one another. Don't think yourself higher than anybody else because he was the Son of God. He had the opportunity to call 10,000 angels to come to his aid at any point in his entire life. He didn't. He didn't use that authority. He used that authority to heal folks, but who did he give the actual authority to? God the Father. He never took the credit. Look over his life. He never took the credit. He gave it to God. So you're an eyes example today. 2,000 years later, right? 2,000 plus. Are we serving one another just as Jesus served these disciples? I hope we are. Because look at their life later. Always at the point of their deaths. What were they doing? As apostles, they were serving folks. They was given the gospel. Turning them away from their sins. No greater servant has been ever given, right? What a great service to teach someone about the gospel. That's a blessing. So when Jesus says, this I have done for you as an example, 
so that you may, you must do to one another. We help one another. As we learned in the, uh, the church in Galatia that, that we need to bear one another's burdens. We have difficulties. We have hardships. We have ups. We have downs in our spiritual lives and our actual physical lives. As a church, we're here to help one another out. As we have done before time and time again, continue to do so. Most assuredly, I say to you in 16, a servant is not greater than his master. Well, let's think about that as uh, the first part of that. Before we get into the scent and the, the scent and scent, we get to this, this example of a servant is not greater than his master. Who was Jesus' master? God the Father. Who was he a servant of? God the Father. Was not all power and authority given unto Jesus Christ? It, on earth, was it? it was. And in heaven, it was. But Jesus didn't hold himself to that higher standard, did he? He didn't, he didn't exalt himself here upon this earth. An example for us. This is doing us an example. How we are to live out our lives as God's people. So we see Jesus saying, A servant is not greater than than his master. Again, giving the credit to God. Nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about God. He's talking about the Father. So as we see all the, all the power and authority that was given unto Jesus here upon this earth, how much power and authority does, have, does the Father have? Exponential. Everlasting. Words can't express. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. There's a saying that's going around, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And through sheer ignorance or lack of knowledge, they're not really blessed. Because they're doing things that's not pleasing to God. And in, in the examples that I've seen, oh, I'm blessed. Jesus tells us how to be blessed, does he not? Are we servants in the community? Yes, we are. Are we servants to one another? Yes, we are. Are we servants to God? Yes, we are. We had better be. Because if we know the things that we're supposed to do, and we do them, or an opposite of that, if we don't do the things that we're not supposed to do, we are blessed. Let these words encourage you. But here's your other last question for the morning. Are you a servant of God? What a wonderful time to be. As we learn that Jesus says, you know, if you're not washed of me, you will have no part of me. What he's really saying is, is this, for us as an example. If you're not baptized for the remission of sins, you are not Christ's. You are not God's. You are deceiving yourself. So don't deceive yourself. Become immersed or baptized for the remission of sins. And of course, if, if we've taken that short walk with Satan, if we've been displeasing in the eyes of the Father, we can get right. We can get right through repentance, through confession, and through prayer.
and He will restore us. We find all that in 1 John chapter 1. So my encouragement this morning, either become a child of God through baptism or a returning child of God who once was in error, ready to get right through confession. Why don't we do so as we stand, as we sing the song of invitation.